IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they serve projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. Uh, they promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website, iatsi212.com, or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Oh yeah, back again, the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. My name's Matt Waterworth. I am co-hostless again, just one more time uh, until Scott returns. But uh, thanks for joining me. It is uh, the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast, and this is the podcast where we do all the fun, cool, special things about learning and talking about uh, the screen industries here in Alberta. And I thank you for joining us once again. Uh, very cool guest this week. Um, but before we jump into that, let's get right into the uh, the news uh, in the industry. Um, the, uh, the Canada media fund is, uh, on an outreach tour, um, and they are heading to Alberta. Um, and, uh, we actually missed it, uh, on April 24th, but they're coming back to Calgary on May 16th and they're, they were in Edmonton, April 23rd, and they're back in Edmonton, May 15th. So check out uh, the link in the show notes. Um, just kind of a great way to learn about CMF. I think it's, I think it's a source of financing that a lot of us kind of forget about. Um, so um, it'd be a good thing to learn about if you don't already know. Uh, the Canada Media Fund is also sharing their uh, workspace policies. Uh, they've released uh, a common guiding principles document, including diversity and anti-harassment policies. Uh, in developing those policies, investors and stakeholders in the co- and the country's creative industries have consulted with associations, guilds, and other organizations, as well as individuals who have come forward to share their experiences. These policies are part of an effort to provide each member, contributor, and stakeholder with support, respect, and a safer workplace. So check out the link in the show notes to find out more about that. Uh, the uh, Alberta Cinematographers, uh, a couple of them picked up uh, some CSC awards recently. Uh, so congratulations uh, to um, Alan Leader from Leader Production Services, uh, who won the award for TV Magazine Cinematography for an episode of Treasure Hunters. And Craig Roblowski took home the TV series Cinematography Prize for his work on Fargo. So congratulations to both winners, both of whom have have expressed their delight at being nominated alongside others who represent the best our country has to offer. Um, That's a big award. Big congrats to those folks. Okotoks Film Festival 48-Hour Challenge is coming up. Um, If you don't know, a 48-hour film challenge is... uh, you make a you make a short film in forty eight hours, and usually you have to uh, use a line of dialogue or a prop or a genre that they select. And um, there's usually lots of fun prizes, so check out the link in the show notes. Um, that's coming up. Dead, deadline to uh, to submit, I believe, is uh, May eighteenth at six p.m. No. Uh, check out the show notes. Um, you're gonna, yeah, that's when it starts May 18th. So, so it's probably pretty soon to register. Uh, here it is. Um, nope, but it's $30. <laughs> so you can tell Briar's gone cause I've done the, uh, the, the news here and, uh, I, I've made a mess of it. Uh, so, um, 
it is expo season. Actually, as I record this, expo starts today. I'm very excited. The Calgary Expo. Um, and there's a bunch of uh, Calgary film uh, and, and Alberta film um, people doing some cool things uh, at the expo. So you should check out a number of things. I'm going to sip some water. No, no co-host to cover me while I sip some water. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, check out the expo uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday uh, at 4.15 p.m. in the Quarter, Har- quarter Horse. Um, uh, that's one of the rooms if you haven't been. Um, so definitely check it out. Pick up your pass and uh, check out CalgaryExpo.com. It's got your, you know, your map and all that stuff. But Super Dry Cleaners is doing an event uh, at the Quarter Horse um, where I believe they're screening uh, some of or or maybe all of the their series Super Dry Cleaners. Uh, and director Barb Briggs and writer Brandon Rhinus discuss creating the show, uh, filming on a budget, and future plans for the series. Actors Skylar Radzion and Adam Forward share their insights and experience. Um, so I apologize if I got any names wrong, but that's happening on Friday at 4.15. Then, uh, something, another thing to check out on Friday is... Uh, C3PO himself, Anthony Daniels, is doing a panel in the corral at 5.30 p.m. Uh, and it's uh, being moderated by yours truly. I don't know how this happened, but I am uh, moderating with uh, Anthony Daniels. I'm still uh, blown away by it. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Uh, so come check that out. And then right after that, you're going to have to run with me to, <laughs> to, to how to make your movie uh, at 6.15 p.m. I will be a little bit late because I'll be running from the Anthony Daniels panel. Uh, but uh, check out how to make your movie uh, in Palomino FG. Um, and uh, that's going to be fun because uh, we're going to talk all about, uh, you know, getting your own content made um, and uh, awesome people like Scott Lepp, Scott Westby and Jason Memel also on that panel. So be sure to check that out. Uh, also wanted to highlight um our you know guest of the podcast awesome dude greg pang doing a, a panel he is a, an entertainment lawyer if you don't already know and he's doing a couple of panels one of them is called do you defend the defenders legal issues in the netflix marvel superhero series so uh so yeah it's it's a cool idea join three lawyers uh, and a crime author as they have some lighthearted fun poking the legal issues in the uh netflix marvel franchise jessica jones daredevil luke cage iron fist and the defenders uh, as well as the punisher so very cool um, panel, uh, you know, with real life lawyers uh, kind of dealing with, uh, you know, how would you how would you handle this situation in real life? Uh, and actually, Greg is doing another panel uh, called Fan Art Fiction and Copyright Law on Sunday at 3.15 p.m. Uh, all about uh, fan fiction, copyright infringement um, and Tony Estevez, uh, Tito Guillen, another podcast guest. Uh, Gregory Hagen and Gregory Pang are all uh, going to be on that panel. Um, and then also on Sunday, Dr. Horrible sing along blog, uh, with our friends from the YMM podcast, uh, who are, uh, also the team behind Nerdvana, um, the story have hundred K recipient, uh, and of course, Tito Guillen, uh, you know, who I just mentioned, um, they are all going to be doing the, uh, their usual Dr. Horrible sing along blog. So if you're a fan of that, uh, come check it out in Palomino D on Sunday at four 15, uh, and sing along with your uh, favorite web series from way back when. It's been a while now. Um, might be good to check that out again. Uh, and then, of course, if you're an Alberta film fan, you got to go to the Winona Earp panel, uh, which is happening on Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, in the Stampede Corral. 
and uh, Melanie Scrifano, uh, uh, Emily Andres, uh, Catherine Barrel, Tim Rosen, Dominique Provost Chalkley, uh, Varun Sarangna, and Greg Lawson all coming uh, to this. It's going to be a huge panel. Um, and somehow they let me moderate it, <laughs> this one too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, come check that out in the quarter, uh, sorry, in the corral at 3 p.m. on Sunday. I think that's all. Uh, nope, it's not. Uh, because our good friend, Andrew Fung, also is going to be moderating some panels. I almost almost slipped my mind, Andrew. I would never, but I would never let that happen. Uh, but uh, coming, up, uh, coming up at the panel... Um, there is, uh, sorry, coming up the, at the expo, uh, Andrew will be doing the, uh, moderating for, um, the back to the future panel, um, as well as the Chris Jericho panel and, uh, the times on those, you can tell I'm not ready because I forgot because he texted me about it. Uh, where is it? I swear. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Back to the future. Uh, that's going to be a cool one. Um, you know, Christopher Lloyd is on that panel. Um, and, uh, then he's also doing the Lou Ferrigno panel, uh, as well. So Chris Jericho, Lou Ferrigno back cast of back to the future. Um, check those out as well. Uh, three panels that our, our good friend, Andrew Fung, uh, will be hosting. So I'm pumped about that. All right, so let's jump right into one more piece of news, I think, which is the annual general meeting happening at FAVA. Uh, FAVA just announced that uh, uh, they're, oh, it's today. Uh, I, I, they must not have just announced, but I only just noticed that uh, the FAVA AGM happening 6.30 p.m. tonight. If you're, uh, if you're uh, a member uh, or interested in attending that, um, or if you'd like to be on the board or a committee, uh, you've got to go check this out. Drop by six, at 6 p.m. for some pizza and a chance to mingle, and the meeting will begin at 6.30 p.m. Uh, they're going to be going over some uh, membership upgrades um, and, and why upgrading, um, as well as uh, the differences kind of between uh, general member and... Uh, what's the what's the upgrade? Oh, producer member. Okay, so there's general member and producer member. Um, and I guess they're dropping their membership fees uh, from 89.25 uh, to, uh, 68 25, which is the general member. And then the $42 is the producer member. So I guess the upgrade is general. So if you are unsure if it would be a good time for you to upgrade, give us a call at the office. That's kind of cool. Lowering their, lowering their rates. You don't see that in this economy. Uh, and of course they're electing, uh, the new board. Uh, so four, uh, board, uh, director positions, uh, are up for re-election, uh, election or re-election. And that's the president, the treasurer, uh, the video chair and the programming chair. Um, and so if you're interested in running, I think you can do that. Um, sometimes you have to get in touch prior to these sorts of events, but, um, regardless, if that's something you're interested in, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to give back to your community. I'm on the board of the CSIF right now and, uh, it's awesome. So, uh, definitely, uh, check that out. There's also going to be annual reports from the board and staff. Um, and, uh, there'll be, uh, yeah, there'll be voting on a, on a new board, which is something to be there for and have, have your say in as well. Um, so take a, take a look at the uh, meeting minutes as well, uh, if you'd like, in the show notes from, from last year. And now uh, I'm excited to, to share a conversation I had with Matt Embry. Um, he's a really cool guy uh, from a company called Spotlight Pictures or Spotlight Productions. You'd think I would know. Um, but I can never remember. Anyway, his company received 17 Rosie nominations this year, the most nominated 
uh, Company at the Rosies. Um, and he has this amazing documentary that he's had a ton of success with, got into TIFF with uh, the Audience Choice Award at, uh, at the uh, Calgary uh, International Film Festival um, called uh, Living Proof. And uh, you'll, you'll hear all about it, of course, but um, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's the second, uh, it, it was or is number two on the, uh, on, on the iTunes charts and documentary, which is insane. Um, and it's another great example of, you know, I think, you know, we're all, we're all not, uh, plugged in enough, uh, in our community. Um, and that's what this podcast is for to kind of bring out that some of the, some of those really cool stories about, um, you know, our, our, uh, our community. Uh, and Matt is a, an example of somebody doing some incredibly big things. And, and I wish there was more, um, spotlight on filmmakers like him, uh, and, uh, and other filmmakers in Alberta as well. So, uh, happy to, uh, share this conversation because, um, uh, yeah, he's got some really cool insight. He's, he's very deep and very interesting. Uh, when it comes to story, we have some really cool conversations, uh, around storytelling and, and, uh, and also some tech stuff uh, for you, uh, for you technicians. Um, so yeah, it's it's an all around great conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Here it is. Alrighty, so um, we've just done a, a wonderful intro for you that the audience has already heard. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and who you are? Oh, uh, great. My my name is Matthew Embry, and um, I'm a producer and director that uh, in Calgary, Alberta. Cool, cool. And you brought me a delicious coffee, which is very kind of you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I just want to congratulate you on 17 Rosie nominations. Our movie, our movie got eight, and we're like we're pumped about that. Oh, but great. but your company has 17, the most nominated company uh, in the entire province, which is very cool. And 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 so tell me about actually. Why don't we? We'll get to spotlight in a second. What what did what was your journey as a filmmaker? Like what, like what was the moment where you were like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna become a filmmaker. Well, I mean, um, filmmaking and me go way back. I mean, there's there's literally photographs that my parents have that going back to say three or four years old, oh, wow. where, where I've cut out the a Pampers box and pretend it's a television. Really interesting. So, I mean, for me, um, huh. the form of television and film was mm-hmm. always something that I was deeply interested in viewing, right. but at the same time, learning how to create. Right. Um, and that goes way back. So I've got you know, little films all the way back to say junior high when oh, I was cool. working on video cameras, uh, you know, even practicing with fake video cameras when right. I was in elementary school. Sure. And then by the time I was in high school, I was creating short films. Wow. And then by the time I was in university, I'd already, you know, made that decision. Right. right that's right. where I wanted to go. And then, you know, ended up creating short films. And, you know, weirdly enough, that's really what kicked off my career was the Ampias. Okay. When I was, I won 1997, I think. Whoa. The best student. Oh really? Film. That's awesome! Right on. Cool. Yeah, and that that kind of really to you know that gave me the confidence. It's a little shot in the arm early on, yeah. Totally right. Yeah. And then, back then it was televised. Right. That's right. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it was like a yeah. big deal. No doubt. Right? No doubt. Yeah. Bought my first suit and all that kind of thing. Wow. And, and wow. then um, that gave me the confidence to go off to grad school. What was the film about? It was a tragic story. It was about a um, you know a woman who died in a, an accident at a hot tub party. Okay, and how you know her boyfriend dealt with it afterwards. Okay, was it a was it a real story or was it a? It was based on a true story. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Yeah, and I, I read it in the newspaper, I think, and then I you know created a story around it. Okay, and then, cool. So but, it was, so it was a narrative short. Yeah, but this is cool. back when like new TV was on channel ten. 
Really? Like full screen. Right, wow. Prime time. So it was like 930 Amazing. at night like after Friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking you. So like Unreal. you were getting viewers that was. Yeah, yeah you must have had yeah, right. actual viewership. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so so grad school, what, what, what was that? Where, where did you go? Yeah, I did my master's at Concordia University oh, okay. in wow. film production. Awesome. And then I was uh, really lucky. I transferred over to York for my final semester, I think, okay. and did um, some screenwriting there. Damn. So Those are good schools. Yeah, it was really nice to, <laughs> yeah, right. to have that opportunity. Cool, yeah. cool. So, uh, so when did what was it like to get started in the like you're you're done school? Like, yeah. and what what happens next? Because this is a place that you know I think a lot of people find themselves in. It's interesting. We're recording uh, right at the end of the school year, right. so I think a lot of students are like, well, okay, well now I'm done school. How right. the heck do I start? What was your how did you break in kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, that was tough. Yeah. I mean, I was working at a grocery store to pay the bills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to get my reel out. Right. And, and that, that reel was created in in school. Oh, okay. And like that, as a director kind of thing? Yeah, as a director. Cool. And that that and most of my work, the vast majority, came from my volunteer work at New TV. Okay, cool. So I, I'd had quite a bit of, um, say, material under my belt by that point. When you say New TV, are you talking about the, the Calgary yeah. University? Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just, we just, uh, well, we've done a couple of episodes uh, kind of around new TV. Um, and of course, Cameron McGowan's the executive director there, but you okay. were, so you were just like, like, uh, like making films and things yeah. on the, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Sweet. people were at the den and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, was, yeah. I was like in there until you know, three in the morning sometimes <laughs> right, working right, right. on films and trying oh, cool. to figure it out. Awesome. And, um, yeah, then I was really blessed that, you know, I got a job at uh, pyramid productions. Oh, okay, cool. Um, doing, it was a men's show. Okay. And it was high volume, so a lot of episodes. Okay. And television. But it was wow. for a national audience. Yeah, Pyramid has like crazy, like they, they do all kinds of stuff that, it's it's weird because, I mean, they're kind of their own little production right. world, yeah. they, which is, and they they have clients all like all over the, the North America. And yeah, they do, mm-hmm. they do like high volume content stuff. And um, it, yeah, it's kind of too bad that people don't know more about them. But yeah, they do a ton of production. So when was this? What year was this? Oh, I think this was back in 2002, okay. 2001, maybe. Cool. Yeah. And so you were directing? Directing and producing. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, and writing. So, I mean, cool. it was it was fantastic. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, it, the, learning how to do high volume was really important. Right, right, right. Right, how to block shoot, how, yeah, to, yeah. how to get in there and how to how to get, I think the first run was 13 episodes or something and, wow. you know, less than, I yeah. can't remember the timeline, but it was really tight and, and we wanted to make a great show. Right. And then that we did. And, you know, cool. the, that's based on the team. We, right, you know, we had right. great, de- you know, at the time we had a great shooter. We had a right. great writer surrounding, great editors. And then that went on to like 54 episodes. Wow. And, and like lifestyle yeah. kind of show? Okay, yeah, it cool. was called M-Style. So it was very irreverent okay, and kind cool. of like men's grooming and right, like right. cooking and stuff. Sweet, so. sweet. That's cool. So uh, how, where did that air exactly? That was on the men's channel at the time. Oh, okay. And I believe that was a global okay, a, a global thing. And oh, that, that's but, amazing. Yeah, but then that transitioned to working on all sorts of other shows there. And then, yeah, yeah. you know. Right. Um, so they have, a t- yeah, they have a ton of, uh, I visited recently and they have like a, they have a, a like a server room with all of their content mm-hmm. <laughs> on like right. in like this protected. It's crazy, yeah. They have so much. They've yeah, they've done a ton of stuff. So, wh- so when did the transition to Spotlight happen? And, and, and yeah, so then we you know that was again I was so fortunate and uh, and lucky to be able to work on so many TV shows there, and that um, that luckily for me you know we were able to do some great work and that transition to to more refined documentary, and then I worked at other production other production company as well. Uh, where I transitioned more to documentary and commercials. Okay. So actual television commercials. Cool. Um, and then again, so my portfolio of work 
that was, you know, we're lucky to work on really had documentaries, television commercials. And then I, I decided to partner with, uh, Ravinder Minhas and Manjeet right. Minhas. The Minhas family, pretty, pretty big deal, uh, yeah. in all kinds of different industries. Yeah. yeah. Be- because I was part of their, with some of their initial marketing campaigns okay, that okay. really worked. Cool. Those old mountain crest commercials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I created those with them. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. You know, we do, we really, it, they, they worked and then we just decided to, we we're doing so much content. Let's just, let's jump out. Yeah. Cool. And so we, we jumped out into the market and, uh, we really wanted to spo- specialize in documentary. Gotcha. Right. So cool. documentary stories. And that's been an incredible ride where we've yeah. gone from short documentaries to then more long form and now, you know, feature documentary. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. So um, remind uh, me and all of us, I think we, we talked about the news when you uh, what was the award that you just received at the Calgary International Film Festival? It was the big it was the audience favorite. Yeah. Yeah. A huge yeah. award to receive. So what was that? What was the film? Yeah, so that's uh, we got a film right now. It's called Living Proof, right? And uh, it had its world premiere at TIFF, mm-hmm. and then you know it was it had a great run at SIF as well. Yeah, we, had, yeah. so we had sold out theaters in both festivals. Uh, we won that award, which is great. We've had a theatrical run in Canada, into the U.S. Oh wow! Um, and now we just released it on iTunes, DVD, Google Play, and Vimeo. Wow! And that cool. was I guess five days ago, six days ago. Oh, cool! Congrats! Awesome! So, so I think was- we we trended at number two in the documentary this weekend. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing, right? It was amazing yeah, it's to see. unbelievable. It's like, like, and that's that's what this podcast is about, right? Like, right. Like, there are some incredible filmmakers doing incredible things, like world-class stuff, and and we're not good at promoting ourselves, right. I, I feel like. So So that's what this podcast is all about. Like, that's, a, that's incredible. I totally agree. I yeah. think that the more we can get this story out, I mean, it's, this is a Calgary-based story mm-hmm. with the Calgary production crew yep. that when you look at the map, which we did of our analytics, we're, we're selling all over the world right now. Unreal, yeah. Right. So. And why, And why? not just because it's obviously a great documentary, but mm-hmm. what's the content? Like, why is it so global? Yeah, so this is a, this is a story about, it's about, you know, me and my family's journey with uh, multiple sclerosis. Right. Uh, and I've been, I was diagnosed many, many years ago. And the story is about, you know, what my family and I did uh, to battle the disease right. and then to get the information, um, the hope to people all over the planet. And so people, there's people with MS all over the world. Right. So we really have an international story of hope and there's some controversy in it as well sure, and, course, yeah. and that kind of thing. So. Which helps, right? <laughs> Sometimes that helps with the, getting the word out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You ha- I mean, if you know, what documentaries have to have that element of drama and surprise yeah, sure, and reveals. Sure. So, so what is the, like it's it, like in my preparation for this conversation, I, I was on your site and uh, the MS Hope site, I guess. Yeah. And there are a series of videos all about, um, I guess, managing or preventing uh, mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, I'm talking out of my ass, but, um, <laughs> but, but what is uh, like, how did, how did you come up? Like, it seems like you've created a strategy yeah. that is not necessarily endorsed by the big pharmaceutical world. Right. Um, that, and how did you come up with it? Because you've been, uh, correct me on the, on the language, what, is episode correct? Symptom-free. Symptom-free. Yeah. Yeah. For, so For years. Yeah, I mean, that's a testament to my father right. and okay. to my parents. My, my father's a research scientist. Uh, oh, wow. A, a PhD. So, and you so. Are, so you are, see, this is what I, like we talk, uh, Adam Scorgi, another great documentary yeah. filmmaker, uh, we talk about, he talks about like what is the story that you are uniquely positioned to tell, right? And I think with, with a father like that, I mean, who who better to tell the story? Totally, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so he, uh, you know, when I was diagnosed, he he plunged himself into the medical library. Cool, wow. And that's when he, you know, came up with the strategies, and I, I implemented those strategies over twenty years ago now. Right. And then, you know, it's been a journey. I mean, we tried 
for decades now to get this information to people right, right, and right. to patients, science-based information. Yeah. And, you know, when things, uh, when after I created the website, MS Hope, mm-hmm. we, um, we decided to make a documentary. Cool. And wow. uh, knowing that film can really carry ideas to the world. It's, it's incredible because you're, because not only is it, is it an exciting documentary and doing well as a film, but it, mm-hmm. but you're also having an impact on people's lives, which is amazing. Like what, what, what more can you ask for as a filmmaker to? Yeah. I mean, that's been an amazing part of this yeah. journey and yeah. especially because the film came, has come out to the world so recently. I mean, right. my, my inbox, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's wonder, it's both wonderful and there's some sad moments too, or, or how many people are reaching out and yeah, yeah. you know, you're changing lives yeah. and it, it reframes the importance of the work, if that makes sense, right, going right. forward. Yeah, I bet. Uh, especially when you have a microphone like we now have, where it's like, okay, well, now what else can we do? Right. We can't stop here. Right. You know, there's more. There's more information we can share with people. Right. Right. Cool. So, uh, wow. So, so, I guess let's talk about these 17 nominations. What are what Spotlight doing? I can't even keep track of all the different projects. Is there, there's like some immersive stuff, VR stuff happening, or yeah, I mean, we, right? yeah. you know, again, we are a company that. We are again. We are so fortunate to have um, great clients yeah, and yeah. and latitude to be able to experiment and to work in, in various genres. Right, right. Right. So we've immersive work we're doing. So cool. VR. We've we worked on that this year. We've done uh, a lot of short form documentary and long form documentary. Cool. Uh, right. We're we're currently developing a scripted project right now. Oh, sweet. Um, and we just, we just keep at it. Right, right. right? I mean, I mean, when we don't, what I've learned in this business is you got to keep going. Yeah. Right. And that you're only as good as your last film. Right. And I think that, and I'm well aware of this. Right, right. And I think that, you know, what people don't see is a film comes out, well, you shot that film, you know, a year and a half ago, two mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a lot of time. For sure. To For go sure. by. So yeah. it's like, people are surprised when I tell them, well, I almost I got another one ready to come. They're yeah. like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, we, I haven't been sitting around. Yeah. What do you think has been going on for the last two years? <laughs> right, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, that. that's how we see it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that we have such a, what's really amazing about our team is we're so nimble. And mm. that we have people, and this this is not just directors and producers. This is, you know, our DOP in particular. It's right. people who surround the whole right team are quick to recognize a good story. Right, cool. So we can be sitting in an interview doing, you know, some other totally different topic. And also yeah. like, okay, we got to go meet that guy. Right, right, right. Because that's an interesting story. And then we are quick to go, okay, get a camera out there and, and right. go, go listen, right? And, that, and that's what I love about documentary is, is you can't you can find a new thread and, and just hunt it down. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah, and I think that, again, we because we specialize in short form, we have that ability to do that. Totally, totally. Right. So... Uh, so now you've got you're you're part you're you're, you're part of Spotlight. Um, what's what's next? What's on the horizon for 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 you as a filmmaker and the company? Well, I mean, I think we're in a very unique time right now, right? We're now learning what this new digital world means. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about convergence and all these yep. types of terms have been thrown out for the past, say, five years in particular. Yeah. Well, now we're here, right? We're actually here. So yeah. this is our first time as a company we have a product that's really taking off in this digital world. Right. Which is like, and I'm going to be frank, you know, we pitched this to various networks and we're declined. Wait, pitch what? Living Proof. Oh, the, okay. So th- this film that, that trended at number two on iTunes yeah, yeah. in documentary yeah. last weekend was rejected by numerous networks. Right. Well, that's okay. We, you know, we're, yeah. not, we're not sour about that or anything, but we go, wait a minute, there's a new audience out there. Mm, mm-hmm. And how are we going to create and tailor our content to that? Right. Well, that reframes the future. Right. For sure. 
Because it, the old model of, you know, making the pitch and doing all this type of thing, getting the broadcasters, all this type of stuff, we, we start to question it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sure, there's going to be that element to the business, and, you know, we're, we're happy to keep going that way. But we also look at the future and go, mm-hmm. okay, well... How else do we serve these markets? Yeah, and not just not just when it comes to broadcasters or distribution methods, but also just platforms in general, right? right. As as the technology changes, you know, I'm sure you know, in five to ten years, uh, VR is going to be you know a, a commonly used thing. But how do how are we going to engage in that? Like, how do you access the VR headset owner? Uh, right. I think, I think we still have work to do to find that out. But and and for that to grow. But but yeah, it's changing so much. I think. You know, in the 90s, there was a, uh, yeah, 90s-ish, there were so many distributors. There were all, you know, little tiny distributors where, you know, people like Kevin Smith could could get get in and break in. And now they all got sold, right? They all got condensed into like, I don't know, 10 big distributors in North America. But now because of the internet, it's it's splitting up again. And, right. and there's not just distributors, but there's different platforms that you can access and, and markets and blah 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 so um so yeah you're right i think I, I think it's a challenge now for filmmakers to find their audience um but it's it's encouraging that you're not yeah that a broadcaster is not the only one to say well no this won't this won't work with an audience because you know you can find your yeah, audience i think yeah. you're you're bang on yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think that it is challenging but i think it's also incredibly exciting right yeah i was just talking to a group of filmmakers in sudbury i was telling them i said look Maybe the fantasy for you guys is you're going to leave Sudbury, you're going to go to some big market, you're going to sell your project to some big network, and you're going to create some film in this big market. Right. And I said, you know what? you got to rethink this. Yeah. The story that probably you need to tell is right here. Totally. You're, that you're probably uniquely yeah. positioned to tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then now it's incumbent upon you to build your audience. Right. For you to go out there onto Facebook and Instagram. Totally. Figure out the people who are going to want to watch your mm-hmm. story. Take... 20% of your week, build that audience, create that incredible content that is right in front of you and yeah. share it with them. Totally. And, and and just because you're in a small market doesn't mean you can't access a large market that's right, it. right from where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is people in the large market want to see those stories. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look For at sure. making of a murder or making murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at that thing. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. It's well, a great know. example. Tiny, tiny town. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, I talk to young filmmakers and I'm like, it's probably right in front of you. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. And and you're, yeah, I think you're right. I think there is a hunger for because people are sick of the same stories over and over and right. over again that LA is putting out. And so, where are you going to find new stories? Certainly in diversity, I think is is one way um, because there are a lot of diverse storytellers who are who are f- starting to find their voice and starting to find an audience, which is exciting. But yeah, also just in your own network, like what what is the story you're uniquely positioned to tell? Because you're probably the best person to tell that story, especially in documentary, which is I think. Uh, Good advice. So tell me uh, what you think uh, your best piece of advice for uh, filmmaker, documentary, or otherwise uh, is today. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> best piece of advice. Best couple, if you, if you, it doesn't have to be the very best. The best piece of advice. That's a, that's a really good question. The uh, Number one, try to tell the truth. Mm. Right? And right, that and that is really challenging as a documentary filmmaker. I bet, yeah, yeah, right. It's a good point. It's really challenging, and I think that 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 should be your number one focus. Right, and that that is an that's something for you to go find. Right, and you're going to find that through scenes. You're going to find that through characters. You're going to find that through things people say to you. Right, and ultimately, you're going to try to find that in the story you craft. Right, 
And the more truth you can find in your story, I think the more success you're going to have. Yeah, that's an interesting. I I love that you bring that up because that's an interesting world. Because as as you know, journalists or media professionals, you know, you you be, you position yourself, like it or not, in this place of being the conduit for uh, a story. And and you you can you certainly have the ability in many cases, I think, uh, to twist that story. Um, and I don't, I don't think, I mean, obviously that's not a good idea. Um, and, and going for the truth is, is, is the best. I agree. But are there not times where you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change this a little bit just because it's a way more interesting story if I do it this way. You may be tempted to do yeah, that. Yeah. And you're saying don't, that, yeah, <laughs> don't that, give that, into that. Yeah. That is a temptation. <laughs> right. right. And I think that, you know, I think that it's a struggle for filmmakers yeah. to get their heads outside of that. Myself yeah. included. Sure. Yeah. Me included. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that the more you work, the more you don't really have to do that. Right. Gotcha. And that's about asking deeper questions. It's about going deeper. Right. The short those those shortcuts ultimately I don't think work in the end. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So so it may be kind of the lazy option really to to go for the more sensationalist thing when you could put the work in and really find just as interesting a story if you if you hustle and and work harder. Yeah, and just That's keep, a good point. keep like asking that. deeper questions. Yeah. And and then I try to tell filmmakers, I tell most people I know, just go deeper, right? Like cool. just keep going deeper, right? And then and then figure out once you've gone as deep as you can go, see how much you can tell, right? Right. All right. And then the second piece of advice I have to filmmakers is do not be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have failed so much, like so. I I, I think I've failed more than I can. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. Of course. Which it, is which sounds bad, but it means you have experience. That's what that is. Yes. <laughs> like that's. Yeah. And I was. I was. I agree, totally agree with you on that one too. It's. Uh, it, there's like a fear of, and I've been there. A fear of looking dumb, right? Like right. asking, like maybe maybe you're trying to get a permit or, or use a union or something like that, and you don't want to ask a dumb question. I've looked dumb many, many times. Um, it's the only way to learn. Like there's no, there's no, you know, like there is film school, but you know, the nitty gritty of of some of these like whatever it is distribution maybe is, is certainly a, a place that we're in right now sometimes you're going to make mistakes and yeah you can't be afraid to no. to do that because that's how you learn for and sure the more you screw up in my experience the better you become totally. you're like well i'm not gonna do that again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you see where the successes come yeah the other thing i advise people you know i especially young filmmakers too is i i really try to get them to think about the team that the teams that they build right and i think that our industry is a little bit um it can really puff up people's egos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right For sure. and especially how awards work sometimes and yeah. like even how credits work yeah and i think that it's really this is a team this is a team effort sure yeah. and i think that sometimes people forget that yeah. and i think that if I look at my career, I mean, now I have just an outstanding team, but I work with these people for so long. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that in your life, sometimes it's about the experience mm. more than it is about, than it is about the final product. Right. Yeah. Cool. Right. So it's like, if you're enjoying your time on set and you're shooting a furnace, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're having a good time, what's like, wrong with that? That's yeah. a good day. Totally, and that can be totally. really creative and you can like... You know, lots of high fives and stuff that you got that furnace to look totally. a certain way. <laughs> totally. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, versus like, well, okay, I was shot with a celebrity. Well, that can be really stressful. Yeah, for sure. And that or can they be- can turn out to be assholes. Sure. <laughs> that you and, didn't expect. Yeah. And at the end of the day, nobody really cares. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, what do you want to do with your time? Yeah. If you had a shitty time, what's like, what's the point? Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah and I think yeah. some people forget. I mean, I think that's a part about film, filmmaking. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't mean to, I won't name names, but there are certainly people who are, who are, who are okay with 
with maybe having letting someone have a bad day or or hurting someone's feelings on set because we got we had to make what we had to make. I think you can make a good product and still have a good time on set. And and yeah, this is our this is our our jobs. This is our day to day. You don't want to work with people that suck for sure. That's true. And I also don't think that they, I think it's really important to never cross into that elitism. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in the in the mind and yep. how you treat people and for things. Sure. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, I've been so blessed that I've worked with celebrities. I've I've had you know I've been able to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah like. Yeah. I also love lighting beer cans with my buddy. Right, right. And not lighting them, but doing putting the spritz on it. And right, like, right. Oh, you know, and it's like if you lose that joy of the craft, yeah, then you're you're constantly chasing point? that high of right. of the prestige. And I think that it's good to do that, mm-hmm. but you got to also find the joy in those simple things too with your crew. Right, right, right. And I think that that's so important for people to think about. Totally. Let's talk uh, tech a little bit. We've got you know we've got a, a, a certainly a. a part of the audience that is that are yeah, technicians yeah. and interested to go there yeah what what what's your um what's your kit like what what do you shoot on yeah so right now we're shooting on the sony f7 okay and that's what we're shooting on right now right um and then we edit i'm you know i'm an editor as well okay. i edit almost the majority of my projects sweet, sweet. like the rough cuts yeah uh, with editors also too so and we cut avid okay cool. yeah so right sweet. now we are 4k we're, we're totally 4k right now right and then um we're out and we're moving into hdr in a really oh, in a, interesting. In a rapid way. What is HDR? I don't know if I know. <laughs> I know. What does that mean? HDR. Yeah. Well, it's it's that next level of 4K. Okay. It's that is that really you know vibrant images you see. Right. It, like I high dynamic range. I think it stands for. Yeah. Right? And it and my understanding is it's 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 when you shoot a shot, you you're actually like able to expose for all all parts of the frame so if you have multiple is, is that right well to be honest i'm not totally okay. technically professional sure, sure. Yeah, like our, but that's like a team yeah is. it's a photo it's a photo thing so i don't know how it translates to video yeah, so it, it just opens up the color range gotcha. cool i believe cool. and then you can just really make things pop awesome right awesome. And again this is new frontier yeah 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 so you know we're really just slowly stepping into cool, it cool. And we want that's to exciting. do it right yeah The Calgary Film Center is a world-class screen-based production facility, suitably equipped and serviced so you can execute your next project with ease. There's uh, there's 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages and 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, complemented by the anchor tenant, William F. Whites, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. And at the Calgary Film Center, their aim is to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects, in a purpose-built venue designed to service individual client needs. As well, the Calgary Film Center delivers programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. To find out more, check out thecalgaryfilmcenter.com. Not thecalgaryfilmcenter.com, just calgaryfilmcenter.com. Thanks. So uh, so what about, I mean, some, I think something that, you know, we talked a little bit before we started the, the podcast about... Um, what gets taught in film school and what doesn't. And I think, uh, I think tech stuff is an easy, is an easy one to teach because Mm -hmm. it's black and white, right. But storytelling and, and some of the, you know, distribution and some of the producing pre-production type stuff, uh, development, these are not things that are as easy to teach, I think. Um, so what about you as a producer when you're getting started on a project? What are some tools? Like what, what's some utility we can give the audience that's like, you know, I use this app or I schedule with this. What's what are some of the tools in your toolkit for that? Yeah, I mean, you're you're talking to someone of a luddite here. Okay, All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, so you're like pen and paper? Is that your? Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, and I'm the kind of guy who will go to Staples and buy a calendar, right? right you know, those big calendars, enough, and like yeah. literally lay them out on the boardroom table. But it works for you, it, and it works. It works yeah, for me, and yeah. I'm, I'm very visual. So, 
I need to have, we have walls in my office and we have another office where it's a wall covered in recipe, literally recipe cards. Okay. Like uh, little, like yeah, I've seen story beats kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, cool. All right, I've scenes and we move them around, right, and we right. shuffle them, and I write. We write new, like literally pen to the paper, right? And I think, and I think that I don't. I'm not really a fan of email. Okay, I'm okay. not really a fan of like say Google Docs. Like I don't even really sure. know how to log into right, it. Right. If I'm Fair honest, like, yeah, I know yeah, some yeah. of my staff do it, but I'm yeah. like, I don't know what you guys do. But right, right, right. Right. So I'm really kind of rudimentary that way. Cool, cool. It doesn't mean rudimentary. That's your that's your process. It's uh, and I, I I'm interested in the recipe cards because. And and another route that we that we should talk about is documentary storytelling, because sometimes the story will take a life of its own, yeah. and and you'll have have your plan, your your recipe cards in a certain order, uh, and sometimes I don't know, you probably pull some down, you probably write some new ones, you rearrange them. That's and and that's how documentary storytelling is. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that. One thing in film school, and I can't speak to the film schools because I haven't been to one for a long time, but one thing I see in young filmmakers right now is uh, an issue with learning structure. Right, okay. Right, and that structure for the, the film, and that that is really hard work. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's something, especially in documentary filmmaking, is somewhat fluid. Right. Right, you, you mean you go into your film, okay, here's where we're going, and we think we're going. Right. But then things change. You meet new people, you, some things happen. Right. But that work, that sitting down with your team and going, OK, we got to rewrite this thing. Right. Has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if it gets away from you, you're in big trouble. Right. <laughs> so you have to like, you know, we've got that times where we're literally sitting around, you know, with, for drinks or whatever with the crew afterwards. We have with journal out going, OK, we got to rewrite this outline for act one. Right. Because this just happened. Yeah, how does, yeah. this, how does yeah. this affect it? Right. Right. And then sometimes. You know, we work, we, we kind of know what the end's going to be. And we're like, hey, well, how are we going to get there? Right, right, right. And then all of a sudden the ending has to change. You're <laughs> like, well, well, well this whole, the whole math, and it's math. It's actual math. Okay. And that's what people need to know. Okay. It's positives and negatives. It's pluses right, and right, minuses, right. how scenes work. Cool. You know, and like, that is hard work. Yeah, yeah. And that needs to be taught. And it's not watching great films is going to help you get there. Right. But it's also reading the classics. It's mm. going to Sophocles. It's going to Shakespeare. It's cool. going to the classics. And going, right. Okay, how did... Why does this work? Why does it work so well? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's going on here? What's right. the rhythm of this? Like, why do I feel? And like, one thing I say to my to, to people is like, when we do, especially features in particular, I will, yeah, I tell the, I tell our team, and we work on this. Where it's like, once we've done all this work, let's see how it feels, right? And you sit back and you just feel the film. You just watch it, yeah. And you feel it. And you're like, yeah. hey, where did it feel weird? Right, right, right. And then we go in and we go, why well, it felt weird because of this, this, this. We got to change. Da, 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 da. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, this is. Th- I haven't, I haven't thought about this. The, the positive and negative thing in a while, but <clears throat> I've got a book over there. Uh, Robert McKee's story yeah, yeah. talks talks exactly about that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every scene has to have you know you have to have kind of a balanced. You know, you're you're putting your audience on a ride, so it's got to be a roller coaster. It can't be an all down. It can't be an all up kind of thing, right? And it, that's an oversimplification, obviously. But uh, but yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And, and in documentary in particular, I mean, I think it's easier to do that in narrative. Mm. Because you have a blueprint. Because you control in. it, yeah. But yeah. the world, you can't control the world. And if you're making a documentary about the world or, yeah. or the subject, that's very interesting. And then yeah. docu- even when you're in the edit suite in documentary, you can be like, okay, this scene could go this way, or we could cut it like this. Right, 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 right. And I think that's a wonderful process, yeah. right? And that's where I think you know, you know, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but this is where I find issues like the word say director, yeah. in a documentary, somewhat right. not problematic, but I don't think it tells the whole story. Right. Okay. Where if I look at the films I've directed, the ones that I, you know, that I've been 
credited as the director. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's been my the editors I've worked with, the DPs I've worked with, the executive producers I've worked with, the producers that I've worked with. All of them have had to suffer walking by my office, my edit suite, me being, come in here and watch this. <laughs> right, right. What do you think? Right, right, right. Do you like it? Yeah. Give and me it, some feedback. Yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. think? And then yeah. they tell me, and then I go back and I, you know, edit, redo it. Right, right. Interesting. But I'm like, that's a team. For sure. For sure. That's a group of people being honest with each other as, as best as they can be and making a project work. Totally. Right? I have this argument too, and it's like, and when you buy a car and you open the glove box, is there a credit list for who built the car? <laughs> no, I guess not. But you're happy that the car works and it's for great. Sure. For sure, yeah. Why can't a film be like that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? Like, why can't it just be a film? <laughs> right. And it, Because it is a team sport, right? It's, it's not, a team yeah, sport, yeah. right? And I think that... That's it's really you know I I get passionate about this issue because I see so I see I see teams fall apart because right. of people with ego the, the and egos yeah. and I'd yeah, be guilty of it myself sure yeah we all are yeah. if I wasn't you know honest and saying like I used to be maybe like that in my youth right yeah and I, that was wrong because yeah. here's where I screwed up right but I'm not gonna do that anymore interesting so I try to share the, the faster you can get there I think the happier you're gonna be <laughs> right right totally yeah. yeah no I agree yeah and, and there's something yeah I I mean this podcast uh, was is a good example of you know, I'm, I'm totally with you. I was, I was competitive and ego driven and, and, and now I get that this, this community in Alberta filmmakers is going to do better if we're, if we're not competitive, if we're sharing information. So that's, that's what the podcast is for, uh, sharing information, making each other better filmmakers by, by not saying, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share my information, but rather saying, you know, let's, let's, Let's work together. Let's let's be you know a, a, a rising tide raises all ships is what mm-hmm. is that quote of course. So that's great. I like I like that idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I think the sooner yeah, like you say, the sooner that uh, young younger filmmakers and and not just in film can kind of kind of shake that that ego that that competitiveness. Um, I think the better for everyone, right, including them. Um, so tell me about. Like the is it is it worth going into starting a business as a filmmaker because that's something everybody wants to do they want to start their own production company what what what's the what were the nuts and bolts of of that and and how do you like because we we have to be so many things as filmmakers right yeah. we have to be marketers and mm-hmm. and we have to know distribution and we have to be speakers sometimes and introduce a film or talk, or be on a panel and Q and like so many things. Plus being a small business owner as well. Right. What is that? Like, what was that world like for you? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's a competitive and, you know, logistically challenging yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, again, I was so lucky that I was able to work with the Minhas family. Yeah. At Rivender yeah. and Manjeet. Yeah. Manjeet, who, who's on Dragon's yeah, Day now, right? And, and these people understand business, yeah, right? for like, sure. Well beyond, you know, I, I may ever, right? Which is, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, that, you know, that, 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 that we have that kind of team aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that there is a certain fantasy that you can go out and start a production company and, and this is the goal. Right. And then I think that that is one way to go. Hmm. Like that is one route. But I also think that people need to think about team. Right. Who do I want to work with? Right. Right. Yeah. What's important to me is the, and, and that, and those become questions maybe of ownership of the project. Right. But sure. do you need yeah. to own the company to own the project? I don't know. Right. Right. That becomes your relationship with your producer. Sure. And so I think that for each individual filmmaker, it's a question. And I think if I'm a young director, you look to the, and I've done this in the past, you look to the people who own the companies. Right, right. Yeah. And you think, okay, can I work with this person? Totally. Do they yeah. have a vision that I have? Right. And I think that if they do, then yeah, go with it. Right. But if they don't, then don't. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, if your only option is to start a production company because you need that amount of control, well then go there. Cool. Yeah. But, but don't think it's going to be easy. Right, right. 
For sure. It is not. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And don't think it's going to be a walk in the park because it's yeah. not. It's a very challenging and it's a whole other side of the brain. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but again, I think that if we can, things like these podcasts are really important because there could be a film student out there who all of a sudden goes, I'm going to take some management business courses yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. And yeah. I would be like, high five, go do that. Totally. Because yeah. I didn't, and yeah. I had to learn it a different way. But, yeah, the hard way, yeah. You know, and I have you know a visions of a film school that could really harness all those those areas. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's interesting. I think, you know, on this podcast, I've spoken to a number of people, like Peter Skagen is another guy. Who, you know, there's, I, I, I love SAIT. I'm a SAIT alum. I thought it was a great, great course, but it, but it, just can't cover everything, right? right. And so, the, yeah, the, I think uh, I, I think you know if if depending on the future, may, there might be a possibility where you know, some some people maybe like yourself, like Peter Skagen, create a film school um, where where we're covering some of these topics that get missed one day, perhaps. It's is that is that one of your one it's, of your plans? It's definitely yeah. one of my cool, goals. Cool. That's and great. I put a lot of thought into that. Awesome, awesome. I really I really do care about the future and yeah. I, I, I for filmmakers and I really am passionate about it and I'm. You know, and I am passionate about people being able to stay in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. And and do this. Right. Uh, I was at an amazing thing yesterday where someone was describing how Austin, which is a cultural, you know, center, a mecca sure. in a way for totally. music and things. Totally. Population of roughly a million. Is that all it is? Okay. I didn't know Surrounded that. by ranch land and farmland. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. oil and gas being amazing. Cowboys, part. yeah. <laughs> so what's going on here? Yeah, like, really. Why can't we what's be the Austin? Difference? Totally, yeah. Right, and yeah. I look at that and, you know, and I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people say, well, the arts in Calgary. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's amazing stuff happening here. For sure. You just got to go find it. Totally, yeah. Right, meet yeah. people and try. Going, and, and if you don't like it, do something about it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's that's why this podcast. Totally, that's why I, I get it. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what about? Uh, I mean, we've talked. Well, I, have we talked about what's next for you? Like, what's 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 the next big project? Yeah, right now I'm working on a documentary on opioids. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's been, um, uh, yeah, another challenging piece. Yeah, I bet uh, in the healthcare system I bet. and you Some know tough dealing, interviews. Yeah, and I'm dealing sure. with people who are really struggling with uh, with the crisis. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I think this is a big issue for Canadians and not only in for North America and for the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, I'll be able to sink my teeth into that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. How, so, I mean, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know your body of work necessarily, but that strikes me as, like I said, some tough interviews with, with, yep. with, with how, so how do you as, I mean, I would use the word journalist or documentarian, I guess. Uh, how do you approach something like that when when maybe you're speaking to somebody who's lost someone mm. or someone who is in th in the throes of addiction or, or whatever it is how do you yeah it's such a unique position to be in right as 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 a, you know the media um mm -hmm. person a, a reporter or a journalist or a documentarian they they you, you would never be in a in a situation where we're just going to sit down and talk about this unless you yeah. were telling a story right of it. so how do you approach that yeah i mean that's uh you, you bring up a really interesting point because you know, we're not trained psychologists. Right. And nor are we trained mental health workers. Of course, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But you were right. In an interview situation and capturing someone's, say, most intimate details, yeah. uh, especially if they're tragic, you're put in a, a, both you and the subject in a very vulnerable position. Right, right. I think that going into those things, um, knowledge is and research is key. Right. You need to know so much about your subject. Right. I mean, even this opioids, it was the weeks of research that went into reading. So we knew what people kind of were dealing with, what right. the reality was. Okay. okay. And then it's about compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. It's about looking at the person, knowing that they're, they're really struggling. Right. Uh, you know, it's the techniques I use. We, you know, we have really small crews. Right. 
you know, we, we spend, we try to spend a great deal of time with them. Um, and we also try to, you know, I, I, in a flow of an interview, I, I will kind of know when things are going to peak in regards to emotion, right. but then try my best. And this is just through experience right? Yeah, yeah. to kind of bring people out of that. Okay. And, and know that it's not just you that not just sorry them that's going to have trouble with some of the content right, it's yeah. going to be you right it's going to be your crew yeah and we as a company we're prepared for that so we've say we've contacted the calgary counseling services here oh, okay. in calgary so and we and we say to our our staff like if you're feeling weird or you know you have some problems like you want to talk yeah you need to talk about what you saw right. and here's how we can decompress and here's how wow you know, we at least have a strategy. That's awesome. Yeah. In place. That's great. I wouldn't right? have even thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is like, it, it is, can be very traumatic. And, we, sure. we, and I think that especially in the edit suite, because you are dealing with that content right, right, over right. and over. Totally. Yeah. And over. And again, you have that, like the, the, the editor has that same power to, to omit or, or not whatever portions of that story. Mm-hmm. And I, and, I don't know. For me, that I feel, I feel like that's that's like feels like too much power mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways, right? It's like mm-hmm. how how do I get to be the arbiter of of this person's story? And and I mean, of course, it's it you got to tell it, you got to do it, do it justice. But uh, it's it's like um, what's the the uh, Uncle Ben uh, with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> type thing when you're telling a story like that. And that's and that's that journey to truth. I'm yeah. speaking of right, right, right. Yeah. The more you can, that is your focus. Like mm-hmm. That idea, that that the truth that right, we're, that's right. what we're after cool i think that you you're those those that that responsibility doesn't feel as heavy right right because you're not you're not bending someone's words you're letting them right. be honest totally yeah let the story be what it is then yeah yeah cool but but yeah so what are some and and maybe not maybe not just necessarily when it's heavy duty content mm-hmm. like this or, or conversation. But what are, what are some skills that you can learn as an, cause it's such an art to sit down and get, get a, get a story out of someone, um, as an interviewer, what are some tips and tricks for that? Hmm. It's a great question because I mean, the obvious one that we, you know, you always have to prep someone to be like, I don't want to hear my voice. And, or maybe you do depending on the documentary you're telling, but I need you to answer questions, of course. Like if I ask, you know, what do you have for breakfast? Don't just say eggs. You got to say, I had eggs for breakfast. So we're yeah. providing content text. But that's, you know, top level stuff. Like I, I want to know, what are your tips for getting the really good story out of someone? Good question. Hmm. I mean, I think that one thing I was taught and I, I, I use it to today. Right. Is start your interview with questions that they can't lie to you. Okay. Like what? When were you born? Okay, sure. Where were you born? Right, right. What were your parents' names? Where'd you go to high school? When was the first time you fell in love? Okay. Oh, interesting. Wow. So, okay, you get, you get a little more deeper. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But you you put the, the subject in a position, a comfortable position, mm-hmm. where they're not going to lie to you. Right. And you create some trust. You create some trust. Interesting. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. You, and you do the same to them. You tell them. If they ask you a question, you tell them. Sure. Cool. Right? Cool. If, you, if there's a moment for you to self-disclose something that's, you know, a little private. Yeah. Share it with them. Cool. You're, that's what they're asking of you. Right. Why shouldn't you give it to them? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And then in that, and then that when that things are going, because let's be honest, we know where we want interviews to go. Sure. We'll know that. We're going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. And know then. And, you know, I think prior to an interview, it's fine to tell the person, ask them if it's going to be okay to talk about some stuff mm-hmm. and then lead them. One mistake I think a lot of interviewers make is they want to prove to the subject how smart they are. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, like not, not in the, like I've done my research kind of way, 
Or is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like they'll want to prove. They'll right, like right. they'll they'll preface questions with like big statements of something, or they'll right, right. they'll tell something that they know, and then like ask the person to think about it. Right. Where I think that that you know, and then you get into some sort of weird intellectual sparring that starts to occur. Right. And I think that if you read some of the transcripts of the interviews I've done, it, you know, it'll be a lot of like, oh, I don't understand that. Right. Right. Or can you explain that to me? Sure. Again. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, and then what? Right. And then all of a sudden people are just like, Bruh, and they'll right, tell yeah. you all this stuff. And you're totally, like, yeah, yeah. okay. But then as an interviewer, you know, people will go in with their list of questions. I'm like, well, like, just listen. Yeah. 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 Totally. That, yeah. I completely agree. Especially when you've got that pre made list of questions, it's like, we're just going to go through the list. That's the biggest mistake yeah. you can make, I think. Like, if, if you don't get an answer that triggers a new question or takes you on a new direction, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And you got to follow that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not, we do that in corporate when we're, when we're doing corporate. Sure. Like, we'll, we'll go on a complete tangent just because it's interesting and yeah. it's real, right? Right. Yeah. And maintain eye contact. Um, you know, try not to take too many <laughs> notes. Right, right, right. And just really listen. Right. I mean, I, I talk about this where people say, you know, you know, you know, it's amazing. You know, you get these emotional interviews, and how did you do all this yeah, kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not that hard when you actually just listen to someone, right? Just be a real person and and have a real yeah. conversation. Yeah. And then when you really remind yourself that the person you're looking at normally has never in their life had the opportunity to talk about something they know for two hours, it, yeah, or in this way, right? Yeah. It's even like I said, like I, I have no experience in documentary, but even in corporate, you you're sitting people down sometimes to talk about their company, and they haven't talked about their partners and how much they love them and how much respect they have yeah. for them. They've never verbalized right. this, right? Because there's been no opportunity really. Yeah. Um, you're right. Yeah. It can be a very unique experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're giving, you're, you're kind of giving them a gift in a way. Yeah, for sure. And for I sure. think if you think about that in that way, you know, it's a really weird experience for them to be looking at you and like you got this lens and this big light and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. But like sure. that can fade away quick. Yeah. And then it's that, it's that careful exit. Mm. And that takes time okay. to learn how to do that. Right. Like, like kind of, I, I think I know what you mean. Let me, let me guess at it, which is like when you're in the interview and you're like, damn, we got what we needed out of this. But mm-hmm. now I can't just be like, okay, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> you've right. got, you've got to like kind of continue the interview yeah. in a way that's like decompressing. That's and right. Interesting. Yeah, right? And making sure the person, cause they're, they're going to feel vulnerable at the end. Right. Totally. Totally. And you gotta yeah. get, you gotta take that vulnerability. That, 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 that's a bad feeling and you gotta be able to learn how to take that away. Yeah. And let them know that it's, yeah. it's all good. It's going to be all good. And yeah. like reassurance and Interesting. things like that. How it, that's a really good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Cause it, I, yeah. And I think, yeah, inexperienced filmmakers would be like, Oh, I got the story I need and I want to go edit it right now. See ya. Um, whereas no, you, you kind of have a responsibility to the person you're, yeah. you're interviewing. And yeah. I think for people <laughs> who are going to do this, um, if they're going to choose to go down that road of really dramatic, or, you know, that really intense kind of storytelling, yeah. they need to be prepared. Right. They need to like make a decision that they're going to do that because it, it impacts more than just you. Right. It yeah. impacts your relationship or your marriage because right. yeah. you come home and yeah. you know, your wife or your husband has had a relatively hard day at the office. Sure. It's really challenging to be able to switch gears and like, you know, I saw something and not want to say, I just saw something terrible. You know, I yeah. need to talk. Right. You know I mean, your perspective is, it's not, that's not an easy transition. Right. Right. And that, it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because not a lot of people tell you about this. Totally. Yeah. I love I love that we're going there. This yeah. is this is good stuff. So what about um for documentary filmmakers, what would you say is the route to getting your documentary seen? Because you've you've had mm. some great success with that. Yeah. You've got a finished documentary. What's the next step? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple avenues. I mean, the number the one avenue is you've already have a broad secured broadcaster. Right. Right. That's, That'd be nice. Yeah. That's a nice way to <laughs> For go. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the second is you're going to have to go festival. Right. 
right? Which is very competitive mm-hmm. uh, and a challenge and not a guarantee. Right. And this third, I would say you have to do it yourself. Right. Right. And I think that, you know, we've luckily, you know, this has really been the first documentary I've really had that's done really well festival. Cool. So it's been eye-opening. Yeah. yeah. See how that system works. Right. I bet. Right? And I think that if I had any advice to filmmakers who yeah. are, say, get into a festival, get behind it. In what way? Like, just get behind it. Like, get movie posters all over the city if you can. Right. Like, get your hands dirty. And don't just think that, like, when you get into a festival that, oh, it's over. No. Right. It's just begun for you in many <laughs> totally, ways. Totally, right? yeah. And if you lose yeah. that entrepreneurial, okay, I'm going to sell out the theater. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? Right? And I'm going to sell it out for the festival because they've given me the opportunity to, to be here. Right, right, right. See, that's, that's a great point because festivals... Uh, are in- interested in making money on ticket sales. So you, yeah, you've, you've got a responsibility, I think, to be like, okay, I'm in this festival. I want to show them that I have an audience. I want to make them some money because that's that's the deal here. You got it. And and then you're welcomed back next time, right? You're, right. you're Totally, yeah. Again, it, it comes down to that team. Yeah, yeah. It's like the second you're in a festival or whatever, even a broadcaster, if you are a broadcaster, and you go, okay, wow, look, can we have an opportunity, everybody? Not totally. just me, but you totally, too. Totally, totally, yeah. To sell advertising and all that kind of stuff. Let's Let's work together. Right. And the thing is, like, again, I'm so lucky that I've been able to work with the Minhases because yeah. been, I get to watch how the beer market works. For and sure. the, the, the television and film industry is somewhat similar. Right. Yeah. You create a product, you put it on a shelf. Right. But the shelf in our business is a platform. The iTunes page. Yeah. Well, the Minhases <laughs> don't just make a beer and leave it on the shelf right. and hope people are going to buy it. Right. Right. You make commercials, you make posters, you do online stuff. It's like, yeah. it's no different. Totally. Yeah. And then I think the problem with the Canadian system over the past, say, maybe 30, maybe from the beginning of it is... Producers haven't thought enough about that. As a product, that it's a product. Yeah, or yeah. they just kind of make their show and they give it to the network and they expect the network to carry it. Right, right. Or, or they give it to a festival and you know, go with it, you know? Right. And I, and I, we, you just made it full, full circle because I was like, because you got to get behind it, which is how you started this whole thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's getting behind your film. Yeah. Got it. It's, it's, it's again, it's doing this. It's right. Doing podcasts. Like, right. It's yeah, getting yeah. behind it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, not only for me, but for you and the industry and the extension yeah. of that. Right, right. You know, and I think that, seeing each opportunity you have to push your agenda as a filmmaker and the higher agenda of like Canadian film forward, you take it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. No matter what it is. Cool. Wow. Like, yeah, cool. Like it's, yeah, this is a really cool conversation. I like that we, you know, we got into the, the deep stuff. Like you say, that's, uh, that's what you got to do. So anything else you want to, you want to cover? I can't believe how fast this has already been 45 minutes, but, uh, anything else we should, we should cover before, uh, before we say goodbye. Um, I, I think if I had one, one last thing just to, I would say to anyone listening to this who either wants to be a filmmaker or is a filmmaker, this is an incredible ride. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, there's ups and downs. But, I mean, the access you get to locations, Mm, to people, to experiences, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Totally, yeah. Experiences you would never, ever have. Like, like, again, corporate is my only go-to, unfortunately, but you get access to... Like I remember being in a mirror factory. Like right. when 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 in, when on totally. earth do you ever get to see how a mirror is made and be there? And and yeah, like yeah, film is a very cool uh 
it's a classroom. It's the most yeah. interesting classroom ever. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that like if I had one story I to tell people, I was like, I tell one more story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I met this, I think he was, a, I mean, I think he was a relatively famous photographer in the okay. U.S. Okay. Yeah. And I was working with him in New York on this thing. All right. And he had done like, I think it was the banana, he, I think he did the initial banana Republic campaign. Oh, Whoa. When the, like, this is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. When like, for these things and he'd, he'd done this, he'd done this big thing with Woody Harrelson or oh. I think it was Woody Harrelson and Harrison Ford. Anyhow, I'm working with him on this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember how it came up, but he's. I'm like, what are you doing next week? And he's like, I'm shooting umbrellas for Walmart. (laughs) Okay, but it stuck with me. Right, right. right. It stuck with me because I'm like, that's that's how you become. That's how you stay successful and happy, because shooting those umbrella WalMarts for umbrellas for Walmart is right up there with shooting for Banana Republic. Totally, yeah, yeah. In his mind, right. Because he loves it. it. Like you say, yeah, you've got he, a, the beer can yeah. to this day. Yeah, yeah. And his passion. And that stuck with me. Right, right. Interesting. And I think that the more people can think about that and like when, so each day they show up on set, they're like, this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether it be a corporate, whether it be like commercial, whether it be a youth, it's an opportunity for greatness. Totally, totally. And to push yourself forward. Yeah. Right. And especially with corporate projects. I, I mean, you meet so many people and it's like the, the opportunity, the access you have to new stories that can springboard into documentary or something yeah. different. Yeah. Or even to like, so here's another example for you. Long, yeah, long yeah. story. We Please. shot this corporate piece. Okay? okay. And it was in a factory. Okay. This is years ago. And like me and my DP, we, and we, we just loved it. It was a great experience for us. We got to do cool stuff with like, technical and stuff but because of that what became the 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 seed of an idea that now almost eight or whatever ten five years later or whatever we've now written to a feature screenplay oh we found another look at we've we've sourced locations how we're going to do this thing and it's like based on an idea that you came up with while you were shooting while we were shooting in a factory that's great Awesome. Right. And I think that that's that's where the magic of this business can be. Yeah. 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 And if, if you think that way Right. Then it's like each day on set is amazing. Right. Cool. Well, not amazing. Like some are pretty, some can be real bad. <laughs> Sometimes it sucks. Yeah. For sure. But you, without the downs, there are no ups, of course. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. What about uh, social and, and that stuff? Where can people find more about you, about Spotlight? What's the website? Yeah. So we're at spotlightvideo.tv okay, cool. is our website. And then, you know, that, we have a Facebook, all that kind of stuff links off there. Sure. And then I've got my own personal page and things like that. Awesome, so. awesome. And the MS Hope stuff is yeah, very MS cool. Yeah, MSHope.com for if you have a multiple sclerosis or a family member or a friend, please send them there awesome, for awesome. information they may not be hearing. Cool, cool. And uh, what about uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an asshole, I'm forgetting, uh, Life, what, what's the film called, the MS? Living Proof. Living Proof, I'm sorry. Yeah. Where can people find that? Living Proof is right now available on iTunes. You can order a DVD at clivingproof.com. It's also on oh, Vimeo, cool. Google Play, and YouTube. You can awesome. buy it on there as well. On the Vimeo like marketplace thing where you can like yeah, you VOD. Can buy it on yeah, it. that's cool. Yeah, if you go to clivingproof.com, it's all there. There's a whole links, all cool. the links to like, how you get there. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Uh, as always, um, a, a really great conversation. Uh, and, uh, Somebody to reach out to if you're interested in learning more about uh, documentary and, and story structure, as, as he was talking about. Uh, so, uh, jumping right into the news you can use, thanks to our sponsor, Bleeding Art Industries, who provides us with a wonderful hot tip every week uh, to help filmmakers succeed. Uh, and uh, as part of their sponsorship, uh, we love that they include this, uh, this note to you, to the community. So, this week... 
It is the prop. It's for the prop builders out there, uh, being prepared to modify, repair, and reinforce that special prop that took weeks to build and could take minutes to ruin on set is key. Recently, a carnivorous piece of furniture we had created needed instant, effective repair after devouring an actor. Luckily. We knew just how to perform the needed surgery that allowed the shoot to continue. You always do your best to build in the strength uh, in the strength the prop needs to handle the stress and strain, but have your repair kit with you at all times, and then watch the action to spot the problem and fix it before it becomes major surgery. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a reference to um, Spencer Esterbrook's latest season of. Uh, one hit die. Uh, and the only reason I know that is because I've seen this picture of this couch that eats someone <laughs> and it looks pretty funny. Uh, so thanks to bleeding art, uh, as always, let's, uh, jump right into it here. Giraffe is looking for animation submissions uh, in all styles, genres, lengths, and mediums. Uh, the deadline is July, uh, of 2018 and you can check out giraffefest.ca for more information on that. No submission fee there. And, uh, yeah, the link is in the show notes as well. Uh, Banff Media Festival uh, Diversity of Voices Program. This is amazing. 100 indigenous, francophone, and female industry professionals are going to receive full uh, passes to the Banff World Media Festival uh, through this Diversity Voices Program. Uh, and your your deadline for it is tomorrow, April 27th. Um, so apply, apply, apply. That's a huge opportunity. Um, so check it out, link in the show notes, or just search Banff Diversity Voices Program. And the Edmonton International Film Festival Call for Submissions is now open uh, for shorts and features, and, uh, and Alberta filmmakers receive a discounted submission. Uh, submit by May 15th for a $25 submission fee for short or feature. Uh, and uh, the late deadline of June 1st for a $40 entry fee for Alberta filmmakers. So check out the show notes for that. Uh, info uh the ymm film fest is open for submissions regular deadline is april 30th late deadline may 21st uh you can apply through filmfreeway.com and uh they are constantly looking for collaboration and feedback when it comes to their festival so if you have any comments ideas suggestions contact them at ymmiff.com and uh there's also a 48 hour film challenge involved in that so check that out uh, the TELUS Story Hive Banff Fellowship Program. Now, this is another one uh, that if you're looking to go to Banff, you could apply to this. April 29th is the deadline at 5 p.m. Uh, and uh, so this is open to uh, Alberta and British Columbia filmmakers uh, and producers. Um, uh, you you know, they're going to be gi- uh, giving... Um, this this one's cool because it this is the one we've mentioned it before that it gives you a little bit of preparation, uh, some mentorship and guidance on prepping your project so that you can be ready to pitch uh, you know, it, it includes three nights accommodation, travel stipend, and of course, uh, the Banff 2018 registration. So, uh, that is very cool. Um, upcoming screenings, uh, eviction notice has been picked up by hot docs. I think we talked about this, uh, last time, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, that, uh, Ampia member, Laura O'Grady's short film eviction, has been funded by CBC and picked up by Hot Docs with three upcoming Toronto screenings. Um, And the project was developed partially through Laura's participation in Ampia's Producer Accelerator program, which is very cool. Uh, There's also, uh, you know, I'm late to get this podcast out and I apologize, but just want to mention that last night I went to the SAIT Film and Video uh, year-end screening uh, 2018, uh, class of 2018, it was very cool. Um, if you if you weren't there, you missed out. Um, 
definitely big fans of that program, of course, uh, being that we that Scott and I are graduates of it. And uh, yeah, they they did some really great work. It's 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 very impressive to see what they're capable of. Uh, so new to the industry, so um, congrats to them. And if you've got a gig, hire uh, hire one of these grads. They're fantastic. Uh, set at a kitten protocol happening April 28th. This is, uh, you know, this is, I was just talking about this and it's, I remember, you know, some eight years ago when people, people would come to me and say, uh, how do I get started in the film industry? Um, I would, I would always say, well, you need your set at a kitten protocol if you want to get on set because both the DGC and IATSE require that among other things, but set at a kitten protocol is a very important course to take if you are interested in becoming, uh, uh, an operator in the, uh, in the community here. So, uh, I highly recommend, uh, that you take this course if you haven't already, but what's exciting about it is that it happens way more regularly now. Um, I actually, you know, I, I remember back then I used to have to say, yeah, it only kind of happens twice a year and you may have to go to Edmonton to take it, or you may have to go to Calgary to take it. Uh, and so, so now, this is it's like monthly, uh, thanks to IATSE, and it's being instructed by Gail Kennedy, who's an Emmy winner. So, uh, very cool. It's only forty bucks to take, and um, you should take it. Uh, sh- uh, link is in the show notes, but uh, it's it's happening all the time at IATSE now. Uh, you want to register now uh, for uh, Robert Cuffley having a uh, uh, um, an event this weekend with the CSIF. He's teaching a directing workshop. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on both Saturday and Sunday of this weekend. Um, I can't. I mean, I've learned from this guy directly. He's he's a really incredible filmmaker, and he knows what he's talking about. And there's probably not really anyone better in the province to learn from when it comes to directing. Um, so this is a huge opportunity, and it's only 160 bucks if you're a member, 200 if you're a non if you're not a member. Uh, check out the link in the show notes for more information. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Speaking of intelligent people, uh, smart people to learn from, Scott Westby, our, our, our friend and, and, uh, and co-host of the show, uh, doing a, a workshop uh, on Tuesday, May 1st and Thursday, May 3rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, $40 for CSIF members, uh, $60 for non-members. And this is all about... Um, you know, producing and marketing, uh, you know, it's called movie marketing on a shoestring with Scott Westby. So, uh, it is going to be all about the real voodoo magic of filmmaking, which is marketing. Uh, and we'll start with the basics and dive as deep as we can into putting a marketing strategy together, then executing it. So feel free to reach out to Scott if you have any questions about it. Um, he is going to be back, uh, very soon, like, like tomorrow ish. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a super cool uh, opportunity. Link is in the show notes to get your ticket. Winona Earp season three, I think is wrapped. I'm not sure. They're either close to wrapping or wrapping soon, uh, or, or they already did. I'm not sure. Uh, Tin Star season two continues to roll on. Um, so that's what's shooting in the province as far as I know. Let us know if, uh, if you've got a shoot. You know, we don't just want to talk about the big, big shoots. We want to hear about your uh, independent productions uh, as well. So um uh, let us know. Hello at abfilmcast.ca is the best way to do that. Uh, there's a job available for a dance videographer, $20 per hour uh, for a company that kind of does this uh, as a specialization. Um, they are called DRC Video Productions, and uh, they are looking for someone in our area to uh, to do some videography for uh, some dance competitions and dance event stuff. So that's kind of cool. Link is in the show notes there. And there's also a, a CSIF summer job available uh, the deadline to apply is tomorrow, 5 p.m., Friday, April 27th. Um, and uh, you should check out uh, CSIF 
dot org slash uh, uh, job calls summer student job. Just link link is in the show notes. Um, but uh, yeah, check that out because there's some uh, some cool stuff happening uh, uh, at the CSIF, and it would be cool to be a part of it if you're uh, if you're a summer student. You do need to be between. Uh, your years of school for that. Um, so if you've got an, another year of of uh, your film or TV or related program, uh, you are eligible. Uh, I believe the the Edmonton bureau producer is still still um, yeah yeah still still available uh, to apply for. Um, this is with Accessible Media Inc. So uh, somebody to you know play the role of producer for a lot of the content that they produce. Um, you can check out uh, the job on mediajobsearchcanada.com um, and the link is in the show notes as well. Uh, that's it, guys. Um, my recommendation is uh, check out the the Calgary Expo. I mean, there's so much cool film-related stuff going on. Um, and, you know, just take a look at the schedule. There's all sorts of stuff, you know, when it comes to writing and uh, comic books. And if you're a creator of any kind, it's, you know, it's a great opportunity to take in some knowledge, meet some, some, uh, you know, people you probably idolize. Um, I know I'm about to with, uh, with Anthony Daniels. So, uh, check that out. If you're not going, you gotta get, you gotta go to this, uh, this workshop with Robert Cuffley. Um, so I highly recommend both of those things. Those are my recommendations, folks. Uh, if you would like to, uh, Tell us about something that you've got going on in your world that we should talk about on the show. Let us know. It's hello at abfilmcast.ca. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. It's all abfilmcast. And of course, please do subscribe if you don't already on iTunes, the Alberta, Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. And putting a five-star rating on, on the show genuinely really helps us. That's how their whole structure works on iTunes. So it helps other people find the show. Um, thank you to uh, our, our team, Briar, Chad, Britton, Seth, uh, you know, making this podcast possible, and to our sponsors who do the same. Uh, and and why don't we listen to a message from Appa? Uh, and uh, after that, we uh, I would encourage you to go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by Appa, the Alberta Post Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.